in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wine from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. And God said, Let there be a dome in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. So God made the dome and separated the waters that were under the dome from the waters that were above the the dome, and it was so. God called the dome sky, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the sky be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth put forth vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees of every kind on earth that bear fruit with the seed in it. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed of every kind, and trees of every kind bearing fruit with the seed in it. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the dome of the sky to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. God set them in the dome of the sky to give light upon the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the dome of the sky. So God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves of every kind with which the waters swarm and every winged bird of every kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping things, and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind, and the cattle of every kind, and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image, in the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. Ye shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished in all their multitude. And on the seventh day God finished the work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all the work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it, because on it God rested from all the work that he had done in creation. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens.
when no plant of the field was yet in the earth and no herb of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth and there was no one to till the ground, but a stream would rise from the earth and water the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes for branches. The name of the first is Pishin. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havilah where there is gold, and the gold of that land is good. Belama and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gehen. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Kush. The name of the third river is Tigris which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man you may freely eat of every tree of the garden. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall die. Then the Lord God said it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper as his partner. So out of the ground the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the air and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature that was its name, the man gave names to all cattle and to the birds of the air and to every animal of the field. But for the man there was not found a helper as his partner. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. This one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. Therefore a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say you shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We made of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you tie it or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? He said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit from the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The the woman said the serpent tricked me and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent because you have done this cursed are you among all animals and among all wild creatures. Upon your belly you shall go and thus you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said I will greatly increase your pangs in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children yet your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. And to the man he said because 
you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree about which I commanded you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you, until you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread until you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made garments of skins for the man and for his wife and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, See, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and lie forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. He drove out the man. And at the east of the Garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a sword flaming and turning to guard the way to the Tree of Life. Now the man knew his wife Eve and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have reduced a man with the help of the Lord. Next she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain a tiller of the ground. In the course of time Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel for his part brought of the firstlings of his flock their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is lurking at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Cain said to his brother Abel, Let us go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Today you have driven me away from the soil and I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth and anyone who meets me may kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so whoever kills Cain will suffer a sevenfold vengeance. And the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who came upon him would kill him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod east of Eden. Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch. And he built a city and named it Enoch after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Arad. And Arad was the father of Mehuel, and Mehuel the father of Methuswell, and Methuswell the father of Lamech. Lamech took two wives. The name of the one was Addo, and the name of the other Silla. Addo bore Jabal. He was the ancestor of those who live in tents and have livestock. His brother's name was Jubal. He was the ancestor of all those who play the lyre and pipe. Silla bore Tubal Cain, who made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. The sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. Lamech said to his wives Addo and Zilla, Hear my voice. You wives of Lamech, listen to what I say. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain is avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy-sevenfold. Adam knew his wife again, and she bore a son and named him Seth, for she said, God has appointed for me another child instead of Abel because Cain killed him. To Seth also a son was born, and he named him Anish. At that time, people began to invoke the name of the Lord. This is the list of the descendants of Adam. When God created humankind, he made them in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them, and he blessed them and named them humankind when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his likeness according to his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he became the father of Seth were 800 years. 
and he had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Anish. Seth lived after the birth of Anish 807 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. When Anish had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. Anish lived after the birth of Kenan 815 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Anish were 905 years, and he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahalali. Kenan lived after the birth of Mahali 840 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Kenan were 910 years, and he died. When Mahali had lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. Mahali lived after the birth of Jared 830 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Mahali were 895 years, and he died. When Jared had lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. Jared lived after the birth of Enoch 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after the birth of Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and he was no more because God God took him. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. Methuselah lived after the birth of Lamech 782 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Methuselah were 969 years, and he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he became the father of a son. He named him no saying out of the ground that the Lord has cursed this one shall bring us relief from our work and from the toil of our hands. Lamech lived after the birth of no 590 95 years and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Lamech were 777 years, and he died. After Noah was 500 years old, Noah became the father of Shemham and Japheth. When people began to multiply on the face of the ground and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that they were fair, and they took wives for themselves of all that they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in mortals forever for their flesh. Their days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days. And also afterward, when the sons of God went into the daughters of humans who bore children to them, these were the heroes that were of old warriors of renown. The Lord saw that the wickedness of humankind was great in the earth and that every inclination of the thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out from the earth the human beings I have created, people together with animals and creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But no found favor in the sight of the Lord. These are the descendants of Noah. Noah was a righteous man blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God, and Noah had three sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its ways upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. 
Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it the length of the ark 300 cubits its width 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and put the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower second and third decks. For my part I am going to bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind, two of every kind shall come into you to keep them alive. Also take with you every kind of food that is eaten in and store it up and it shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this, he did all that God commanded him. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you alone are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and its mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and its mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the air, also male and female, to keep their kind alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth for forty days, and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood of waters came on the earth. And Noah with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood, of clean animals and of animals that are not clean, and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground. Two and two male and female went into the ark with Noah as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days the waters of the flood came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth and the windows of the heavens were opened. The rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day Noah with his sons Shem and Ham and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons entered the ark. They and every wild animal of every kind and all domestic animals of every kind and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and every bird of every kind, every bird every winged creature. They they went into the ark with no two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in. The flood continued forty days on the earth. And the waters increased and bore up the ark and it rose high above the earth. The waters swelled and increased greatly on the earth. And the ark floated on the face of the waters. The waters swelled so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters swelled above the mountains covering them fifteen cubits deep, and all flesh died that moved on the earth birds, domestic animals, wild animals, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all human beings. Everything on dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, human beings, and animals, and creeping things, and birds of the air. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those that were with him in the ark, and the waters swelled on the earth for 150 days. But God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the domestic animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters gradually receded from the earth. At the end of 150 days the waters had abated, and in the seventh month on the seventeenth day of 
of the month the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat. The waters continued to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains appeared. At the end of forty days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made, and sent out the raven, and it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set its foot and it returned to him to the ark for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days and again he sent out the dove from the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So no knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove and it did not return to him any more. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked and saw that the face of the ground was drying. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God said to Noah, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out with his sons and his wife and his sons' wives. And every animal, every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out of the ark by families. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And when the Lord smelled the pleasing odor, the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground because of humankind, for the inclination of the human heart is evil from youth. Nor will I ever again destroy every living creature as I have done. As long as the earth endures seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter day and night shall not cease. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you shall rest on every animal of the earth and on every bird of the air, on everything that creeps on the ground and on all the fish of the sea. Into your hand they are delivered. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. And just as I gave you the green plants, I give you everything. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life that is its blood. For your own lifeblood I will surely require a reckoning from every animal I will require it, and from human beings each one for the blood of another I will require a reckoning for human life. Whoever sheds the blood of a human by a human shall that person's blood be shed. For in his own image God made humankind, and you be fruitful and multiply abound on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, As for me I am establishing my covenant with you and your descendants descendants after you. And with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the domestic animals, and every animal of the earth with you as many as came out of the ark, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of a flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow, seen in the clouds. I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to know this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. The sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah 
Noah, and from whose the whole earth was peopled. Noah, man of the soul, was the first to plant a vineyard. He drank some of the wine and became drunk, and he lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nactances of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nactances of their father. Their faces were turned away and they did not see their father's nactances. When Noah woke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, lowest of slaves shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed by the Lord my God be Shem and let Canaan be his slave. May God make space for Japheth and let him live in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his slave. After the flood Noah lived 350 years, all the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. These are the descendants of Noah's sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Children were born to them after the flood. The descendants of Japheth, Gomer, Magog, Medoi, Javon, Tubal, Meshach, and Tyrus. The descendants of Gomer, Ashkans, Ripheth, and Tagarma. The descendants of Javon, Elish, Tarshish, Kittim, and Redamin. From these the coastal and people spread. These are the descendants of Japheth in their lands with their own language by their families in their nations. The descendants of Hamkash, Egypt, put in Canaan. The descendants of Kush, Sheba, Havilo, Sabta, Rama, and Subteca. The descendants of Rama, Sheba, and Dadan. Kush became the father of Nimrod. He was the first on earth to become a mighty warrior. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore it is said like Nimrod, a mighty hunter before the Lord. The beginning of his kingdom was Babel, Erech, and Akkad, all of them in the land of Shinar. From that land he went into Assyria and built Nineveh, Rehoboth, or Kala, and Rissan between Nineveh and Kala. That is the great city. Egypt became the father of Ludim, Anamim, Lehabim, Nachwam, Bethrusman, Kaslehim, and Kaftrum, from which the Philistines come. Canaan became the father of Sidon, his firstborn, and Hath, and the Jebusites, the Amrites, the Girgashates. The Hivites, the Archidas, the Sinites, the Arvidites, the Zemrites, and the Hamathites. Afterward, the families of the Canaanites spread abroad, and the territory of the Canaanites extended from Sidon in the direction of Jarar as far as Gaza, and in the direction of Sodom, Gomorrah, Adma, and Zeboim as far as Lasha. These are the descendants of Ham by their families, their languages, their lands, and their nations. Tushim, also the father of all the children of Eber, the elder brother of Japheth, children were born. The descendants of Shem, Elam, Asher, Arpached, Lud, and Aram. The descendants of Aram used Holgether and Mash. Arpached became the father of Shalah, and Shalah became the father of Eber. To Eber were born two sons, the name of the one was Pelag, for in his days the earth was divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. Joktan became the father of Almadad, Shalaf, Hazamrath, Jerah. Hadram Yuzel Dikla, Obel Abimel Sheba, Afir Havilo, and Jobab. All these were the descendants of Joktan. The territory in which they lived extended from Mesha in the direction of Sefer, the hill country of the east. These are the descendants of Shem by their families, their languages, their lands, and their nations. These are the families of Noah's sons according to their genealogies in their nations. And from these the nations spread abroad on the earth after the flood. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as they migrated from the east they came upon a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves. 
Otherwise, we shall be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which mortals had built. And the Lord said, Look, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do. Nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language there so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore it was called Babylon because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. These are the descendants of Shem. When Shem was 100 years old, he became the father of Arpachad two years after the flood. And Shem lived after the birth of Arpachad 500 years and had other sons and daughters. When Arpachad had lived 35 years, he became the father of Shelah. And Arpachad lived after the birth of Shelah for 103 years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah had lived 30 years, he became the father of Eber. And Shelah lived after the birth of Eber 403 years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber had lived 34 years, he became the father of Peleg. And Eber lived after the birth of Peleg for 130 years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg had lived 30 years, he became the father of Ru. And Peleg lived after the birth of Ru 209 years and had other sons and daughters. When Ru had lived 32 years, he became the father of Sareg. And Ru lived after the birth of Sareg 207 years and had other sons and daughters. When Sareg had lived 30 years, he became the father of Nahor. And Sareg lived after the birth of Nahor 200 years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor had lived 29 years, he became the father of Terah. And Nahor lived after the birth of Terah 119 years and had other sons and daughters. When Terah had lived 70 years, he became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the descendants of Terah. Terah was the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran was the father of Lot. Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his birth and are of the Shaldeans. Abram and Nahor took wives. The name of Abram's wife was Surai, and the name of Naor's wife was Melkah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of Melkah and Iscah. Now Surai was barren. She had no child. Terah took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Surai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out together from her of the Shaldeans to go into the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abram took his wife Sarai and his brother's son Lot and all the possessions that they had gathered and the persons whom they had acquired in Haran. And they set forth to go to the land of Canaan. When they had come to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem to the oak of Mori. At that time the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved on to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and I on the east. 
And there he built an altar to the Lord and invoked the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on by stages toward the Negev. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abram went down to Egypt to reside there as an alien for the famine was severe in the land. When he was about to enter Egypt he said to his wife Sarai I know well that you are a woman beautiful in appearance. And when the Egyptians see you they will say this is his wife. Then they will kill me but they will let you live. Say you are my sister so that it may go well with me because of you and that my life may be spared on your account. When Abram entered Egypt the Egyptians saw that the woman was very beautiful. When the officials of Pharaoh saw her they praised her to Pharaoh, and the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and for her sake he dealt well with Abram, and he had sheep, oxen, male donkeys, male and female slaves, female donkeys, and camels. But the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister, so that I took her for my wife? Now then here is your wife, take her and be gone. And Pharaoh gave his men orders concerning him, and they set him on the way with his wife and all that he had. So Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had in law with him into the Negev. Now Abram was very rich in livestock in silver and in gold. He journeyed on by stages from the Negev as far as Bethel to the place where his son had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai, to the place where he had made an altar at the first. And there Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot who went with Abram also had flocks and herds and tents, so that the land could not support both of them living together, for their possessions were so great that they could not live together. And there was strife between the herders of Abram's livestock and the herders of Lot's livestock. At that time the Canaanites and the Persians lived in the land. Then Abram said to Lot, Let there be no strife between you and me and between your herders and my herders, for we are kindred. Is not the whole land before you? Separate yourself from me. If you take the left hand, then I will go to the right. Or if you take the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot looked about him and saw that the plain of the Jordan was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. This was before the Lord had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the plain of the Jordan and Lot journeyed eastward. Thus they separated from each other. Abram settled in the land of Canaan while Lot settled among the cities of the plain and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked great sinners against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had separated from him, Raise your eyes now and look from the place where you are northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see I will give to you and to your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth your offspring also can be counted. Rise up, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. In the days of King Amraphel of Shinar, King Ariak of Elisir, King Chedromer of Elam, and King Tidal of Goim, these kings made war with King Bera of Sodom, King Bersha of Gomorrah, King Shinab of Adma, King Shemabur of Zebuim, and the King of Bela, that is Zor. All these joined forces in the Valley of Siddim, that is the Dead Sea. Twelve years they had served Chedromer, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year Chedromer and the kings who were with him 
came and subdued the Rafaemin Ashkero Karnam the Zuzam in Ham the Amim in Shave Kirahimet, and the Horus in the hill country of Seir as far as El Paran on the edge of the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to Anmisbat, that is Kadesh, and subdued all the country of the Amalitics and also the Amrits who lived in Hazad and Stamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Admah, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, that is Zor, went out and they joined battle in the valley of Sidim, with King Chedoromer of Elam, King Tidal of Goim, King Amraphel of Shiner, and King Ariak of Elisar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Sidim was full of bitumen pits. And as the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled, some fell into them, and the rest fled to the hill country. So the enemy took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot the son of Abram's brother who lived in Sodom and his goods and departed. Then one who had escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew who was living by the oaks of Mamre the Amra, brother of Eshkol and of Aner. These were allies of Abram. When Abram heard that his nephew had been taken captive, he led forth his trained men born in his house, 318 of them, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. He divided his forces against them by night he and his servants and routed them and pursued them to Hoba north of Damascus. Then he brought back all the goods and also brought back his nephew Lot with his goods and the women and the people. After his return from the defeat of Chedoromer and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the Valley of Shave, that is the king's valley. And King Mechizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High. He blessed him and said, Blessed be a bread by God Most High, Maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram gave him one-tenth of everything. Then the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give me the persons, but take the goods for yourself. But Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the Lord God Most High, Maker of heaven and earth that I would not take a thread or a sandal thong or anything that is yours so that you might not say I have made Abram rich. I will take nothing but what the young men have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, Inner Eshkol and Mamre. Let them take their share. After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, Do not be afraid, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me for I continue childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? And Abram said, You have given me no offspring and so a slave born in my house is to be my heir. But the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. No one but your very own issue shall be your heir. He brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed the Lord, and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you from her of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord God, how am I to know that I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle date, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these and cut them into laying each half over against the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when birds of prey came down on the carcasses Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down a deep sleep fell upon Abram and a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know this for certain that your offspring shall be aliens in a land that is not theirs and shall be slaves there and they shall be oppressed for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve and afterward they shall come out with great possessions. As for yourself you shall go to your ancestors in peace. 
You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amrits is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between these pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. The land of the Kenites, the Kenistites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Persists, the Rephaim, the Amrites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bore him no children. She had an Egyptian slave girl whose name was Hagor. And Sarai said to Abram, You see that the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my slave girl. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So after Abram had lived ten years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife took Hagar the Egyptian, her slave girl, and gave her to her husband Abram as a wife. He went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my slave girl to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Your slave girl is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her and she ran away from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave girl of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am running away from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will so greatly multiply your offspring that they cannot be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, now you have conceived and shall bear a son. You shall call him Ishmael, for the Lord has given heed to your affliction. He shall be a wild ass of a man with his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall live at odds with all his kin. So she named the Lord who spoke to her, You are Al Roy. For she said, Have I really seen God and remain alive after seeing him? Therefore the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Baird. Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless and I will make my covenant between me and you, make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you, shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. And I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land where you are now an alien, all the land of Canaan for a perpetual holding. And I will be their God. God said to Abraham, As for you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskins and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. Throughout your generations every male among you shall be circumcised when he is eight days old including the slave born in your house and the one bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Both the slave born in your house and the one bought with your money must be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not 
not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. God said to Abraham, As for Sarah your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Can a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Can Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live in your sight. God said, No, but your wife Sarah shall bear you a son, and you shall name him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will bless him and make him fruitful and exceedingly numerous. He shall be the father of twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac whom Sarah shall bear to you at this season next year. And when he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took his son Ishmael, and all the slaves born in his house were bought with his money every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day as God had said to him. Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and his son Ishmael was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house slaves born in the house and those bought with money from a foreigner were circumcised with him. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the ten entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves and after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour needed and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf tender and good and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took curds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree while they ate. They said to him, Where is your wife Sarah? And he said there in the tent. Then one said, I will surely return to you in due season and your wife Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent entrance behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old advanced in age. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. So Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? The Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? At the set time I will return to you in due season, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied, saying, I did not laugh. For she was afraid. He said, Oh yes, you did laugh. Then the men set out from there, and they looked toward Sodom. And Abraham went with them to set them on their way. The Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Seeing that Abraham shall become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Know for I have chosen him that he may charge his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, How great is the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah, and how very grave their sin. I must go down and see where they have done altogether according to the outcry that has come to me, and if not I will know. 
So the men turned from there and went towards Sodom while Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham came near and said, Will you indeed sweep away the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there are fifty righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not forgive it for the fifty righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing to slay the righteous with the wicked so that the righteous fare as the wicked. Far be that from you shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just. And the Lord said, If I find at Sodom fifty righteous in the city, I will forgive the whole place for their sake. Abraham answered, Let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord I who am but dust and ashes. Suppose five of the fifty righteous are lacking. Will you destroy the whole city for lack of five? And he said, I will not destroy it if I find forty-five there. Again he spoke to him, Suppose forty are found there. He answered, For the sake of forty, I will not do it. Then he said, Oh, do not let the Lord be angry if I speak. Suppose thirty are found there. He answered, I will not do it if I find thirty there. He said, Let me take it upon myself to speak to the Lord. Suppose twenty are found there. He answered, For the sake of twenty, I will not destroy it. Then he said, Oh, do not let the Lord be angry if I speak just once more. Suppose ten are found there. He answered, For the sake of ten, I will not destroy it. And the Lord went his way when he had finished speaking to Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. The two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gateway of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. He said, Please, my lords, turn aside to your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you can rise early and go on your way. They said, No, we will spend the night in the square. But he urged them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. But before they laid down the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both young and old, all the people to the last man surrounded the house. And they called to Lot, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may know them. Lot went out of the door to the men, shut the door after him, and said, I beg you, my brothers, do not act so wickedly. Look, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Let me bring them out to you and do to them as you please. Only do nothing to these men, for they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they replied, Stand back. And they said, This fellow came here as an alien, and he would play the judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Then they pressed hard against the man Lot and came near the door to break it down. But the men inside reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they struck with blindness the men who were at the door of the house, both small and great, so that they were unable to find the door. Then the men said to Lot, Have you anyone else here? Sons and lost sons, daughters, or anyone you have in the city, bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place, because the outcry against its people has become great before the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and said to his sons-in-law who were to marry his daughters up, get out of this place, for the Lord is about to destroy the city. But he seemed to his sons-in-law to be jesting. When morning dawned, the angels urged Lot, saying, Get up, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or else you will be consumed in the punishment of the city. But he lingered. So the men seized him and his wife and his two daughters by the hand the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought him out and left him outside the city. When they had brought them outside, they said, Flee for your life. Do not look back or stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the hells or else you will be consumed. And Lot said to them, O oh, no, my lords, your servant has found favor with you, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. But I cannot flee to the hills for fear the disaster will overtake me and I die. Look, that city is near enough to flee to 
to and it is a little one. Let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my life will be saved. He said to him, Very well, I grant you this favor to and will not overthrow the city of which you have spoken. Her escape, therefore I can do nothing until you arrive there. Therefore the city was called Zor. The sun had risen on the earth when Lot came to Zor. Then the Lord rained on Sodom and Gomorrah sulfur and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But Lot's wife behind him looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. And he looked down toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain and saw the smoke of the land going up like the smoke of a furnace. So it was that when God destroyed the cities of the plain, God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow when he overthrew the cities in which Lot had settled. Now Lot went up out of Zor and settled in the hills with his two daughters, for he was afraid to stay in Zor. So he lived in a cave with his two daughters. And the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on earth to come into us after the manner of all the world. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him so that we may preserve offspring through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night. And the firstborn went in and lay with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she rose. On the next day, the firstborn said to the younger, Look, I lay last night with my father. Let us make him drink wine tonight also. They you go in and lie with him so that we may preserve offspring through our father. So they made their father drink wine that night also, and the younger rose and lay with him, and he did not know when she lay down or when she rose. Thus both the daughters of Lot became pregnant by their father. The firstborn bore a son and named him Moab. He is the ancestor of the Moabites to this day. The younger also bore a son and named him Ben-Ami. He is the ancestor of the Ammonites to this day. From their Abraham journeyed toward the region of the Negev and settled between Kadesh and Shur, while residing in Jerar as an alien. Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. And King Abimelech of Jerar sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, You are about to die because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not approached her. So he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother. I did this in the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. Furthermore, I was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then return the man's wife, for he is a prophet and he will pray for you and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all that are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things. And the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I sinned against you that you have brought such great guilt on me and my kingdom? You have done things to me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What were you thinking of that you did this thing? Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, he is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, This is the kindness you must do me at every place to which we come say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male and female slaves and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife Sarah to him. Abimelech said, My land is before you. Settle where it pleases you. To Sarah he said, Look, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is your exoneration before all who are with you. 
you are completely vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they bore children. For the Lord had close fast all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah Abraham's wife. The Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised. Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to his son whom Sarah bore him. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. And she said, Who would ever have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian whom she had borne to Abraham playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son. For the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off about the distance of a bowshot. For she said, Do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy drink. God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. At that time Abimelech with Fickle the commander of his army said to Abraham, God is with you in all that you do. Now therefore swear to me here by God that you will not deal falsely with me or with my offspring or with my posterity, but as I have dealt loyally with you, you will deal with me and with the land where you have resided as an alien. And Abraham said, I swear it. When Abraham complained, to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech Lee's servants had seized. Abimelech said, I do not know who has done this. You did not tell me and I have not heard of it until today. So Abraham took sheep and oxen and gave them to Abimelech and the two men made a covenant. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs of the flock. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs that you have set apart? He said, These seven ewe lambs you shall accept from my hand in order that you may be a witness for me that I dug this well. Therefore that place was called Beersheba, because there both of them swore an oath. When they had made a covenant at Beersheba, Abimelech with Fickle the commander of his army left and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba and called there on the name of the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham resided as an alien many days in the land of the Philistines. After these things God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the 
the land of Maria and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Abraham, father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy. Do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son your only son from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said by myself I have sworn says the Lord because you have done this and have not withheld your son your only son. I will indeed bless you and I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore and your offspring shall possess the gate of their enemies and by your offspring shall all the nations of the earth gain blessing for themselves because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba. And Abraham lived at Beersheba. Now after these things it was told Abraham, Milko also has borne children to your brother Nair. Use the firstborn buzz his brother Kemuel the father of Aram. Chest Hazopildish did laugh in Bethel. Bethel became the father of Rebekah. These eight Milka bore to Nair, Abraham's brother. Moreover his concubine whose name was Ruma bore Tebagama, Tosh, and Maka. Sarah lived 127 years. This was the length of Sarah's life. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba in the the land of Canaan and Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Abraham rose up from beside his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a stranger and an alien residing among you. Give me property among you for a burying place so that I may bury my dead out of my sight. The Hittites answered Abraham, Hear us, my lord, you are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our burial places. None of us will withhold from you any burial ground for burying your dead. Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land. He said to them, If you are willing that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me and entreat from Yephren, son of Zohar, so that he may give me the cave of Machpelah which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in your presence as a possession for a burying place. Now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites. And Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites of all who went in at the gate of his city. No, my lord, hear me. I give you the field and I give you the cave that is in it. In the presence of my people, I give it 
it to you. Then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land. He said to Ephron in the hearing of the people of the land, If you only will listen to me, I will give the price of the field, accept it from me so that I may bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham, My lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth four hundred shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed with Ephron, and Abraham weighed out for Ephron the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites four hundred shekels of silver according to the weights current among the merchants. So the field of Ephron in Machpelah which was to the east of Mamre the field with the cave that was in it and all the trees that were in the field throughout its whole area passed to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites in the presence of all who went in at the gate of his city. After this Abraham buried Sarah his wife in the cave of the field of Machpelah facing Mamre in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is in it passed from the Hittites into Abraham's possession as a burying place. Now Abraham was old well advanced in years. And the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Abraham said to his servant, the oldest of his house, who had charge of all that he had put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not get a wife or my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. I will go to my country and to my kindred and get a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Perhaps the woman may not be willing to follow me to this land. Must I then take your son back to the land from which you came? Abraham said to him, See too, that you do not take my son back there. The Lord the God of heaven who took me from my father's house and from the land of my birth and who spoke to me and swore to me, To your offspring I will give this land. He will send his angel before you and you shall take a wife or my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only you must not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham his master and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed taking all kinds of choice gifts from his master. And he set out and went to Aram Naharam to the city of Nahor. The girl was very fair to look upon a virgin whom no man had known. She went down to the spring filled her jar and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me sip a little water from your jar. Drink my lord. She said and quickly lowered her jar upon her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I will draw for your camels also until they have finished drinking. So she quickly emptied her jar into the trough and ran again to the well to draw and she drew for all his camels. The man gazed at her in silence to learn whether or not the Lord had made his journey successful. When the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold nose ring weighing a half shekel and two bracelets for her arms weighing ten gold shekels and said, Tell me whose daughter you are. Is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She said to him, I am the daughter of Bethel, son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nair. She added, We have plenty of straw and fodder and a place to spend the night. The man bowed his head and worshipped the Lord, and said, Blessed be the Lord the God of my master Abraham, who has not forsaken his steadfast love and his faithfulness toward my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on the way to the house of my master's kin. Then the girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. My master made me swear, saying, You shall not take a wife or my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but you shall go to my father's house to my kindred and get a wife for my son. I said to my master, Perhaps the woman will not follow me. You shall get a wife or my son from my kindred from my father's house. Then you will be free from my oath when you come to my kindred. Even if they will not give her to you, you will be free from my oath. I came today to the spring and said, O Lord, the God of my 
master Abraham, if now you will only make successful the way I am going, I am standing here by the spring of water. Let the young woman who comes out to draw to whom I shall say, please give me a little water from your jar to drink. And who will say to me, drink, and I will draw for your camels. Also let her be the woman whom the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished speaking in my heart, there was Rebekah coming out with her water jar on her shoulder. And she went down to the spring and drew. I said to her, please let me drink. She quickly let down her jar from her shoulder and said, drink, and I will also water your camels. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, whose daughter are you? She said, the daughter of Bethel Mayor's son, who milk bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her arms. Then I bowed my head and worshipped the Lord and blessed the Lord the God of my master Abraham who had led me by the right way to obtain the daughter of my master's kinsman for his son. Now then if you will deal lowly and truly with my master tell me. And if not tell me so that I may turn either to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethel answered the thing comes from the Lord. We cannot speak to you anything bad or good. Look Rebekah is before you take her and go and let her be the wife of your master's son as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed himself to the ground before the Lord. And the servant brought out jewelry of silver and of golden garments and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave to her brother and to her mother costly ornaments. Then he and the men who were with him ate and drank, and they spent the night there. When they rose in the morning, he said, Send me back to my master. Her brother and her mother said, Let the girl remain with us a while, at least ten days. After that she may go. But he said to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has made my journey successful. Let me go that I may go to my master. They said, We will call the girl and ask her. And they called Rebekah and said to her, Will you go with this man? She said, I will. So they sent away their sister Rebekah and her nurse along with Abraham's servant and his men. And they blessed Rebekah and said to her, May you, our sister, become thousands of myriads. May your offspring gain possession of the gates of their foes. Then Rebekah and her maids rose up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. Thus the servant took Rebekah and went his way. Now Isaac had come from Beer Lahiro and was settled in the Negev. Isaac went out in the evening to walk in the field, and looking up he saw camels coming. And Rebekah looked up, and when she saw Isaac she slipped quickly from the camel and said to the servant who is the man over there walking in the field to meet us. The servant said, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent. He took Rebekah and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Now Joseph was taken down to Egypt, and Padhar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man. He was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hands. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended him. He made him overseer of his house and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in house and field. So he left all that he had in Joseph's charge and with him there he had no concern for anything but the food that he ate. Now Joseph was handsome and good-looking, and after a time his master's wife cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look with me here, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my hand. He is not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except yourself, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And although she 
spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not consent to lie beside her or to be with her. One day, however, when he went into the house to do his work and while no one else was in the house, she caught hold of his garment saying, lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, she called out to the members of her household and said to them, See, my husband has brought among us a Hebrew to insult us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And when he heard me raise my voice and cry out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Then she kept his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came into me to insult me. But as soon as I raised my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. When his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, saying, This is the way your servant treated me, he became enraged. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. He remained there in prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love. He gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's care all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The chief jailer paid no heed to anything that was in Joseph's care because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did the Lord made it prosper. Sometime after this the coverier of the king of Egypt and his baker offended their lord the king of Egypt. Pharaoh was angry with his two officers the chief coverier and the chief baker, and he put them in custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he waited on them and they continued for some time in custody. One night they both dreamed, the coverier and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream and each dream with its own meaning. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, Do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. So the chief cupbearer told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream there was a vine before me, and on the vine there were three branches. As soon as it budded, its blossoms came out and the clusters ripened into grapes. Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup and placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. Then Joseph said to him, This is its interpretation. The three branches are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to your office, and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand just as you used to do when you were his cupbearer. But remember me when it is well with you. Please do me the kindness to make mention of me to Pharaoh and so get me out of this place. For in fact I was stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I have done nothing that they should have put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw that the interpretation was favorable, he said to Joseph, I also had a dream there were three cake baskets on my head, and in the uppermost basket there were all sorts of baked food for Pharaoh, but the birds were eating it out of the basket on my head. And Joseph answered, This is its interpretation, the three baskets are three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a pole, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all his servants and lifted up the head of the chief coverier and the head of the chief baker among his servants. He restored the chief coverier to his covering and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, but the chief baker he hanged just as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet the chief coverier did not remember Joseph but forgot him. After 
after two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile, and there came up out of the Nile seven sleek and fat cows, and they grazed in the reed grass. Then seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. The ugly and thin cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows, and Pharaoh awoke. Then he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. Seven years of grain plump and good were growing on one stalk. Then seven years thin and blighted by the east wine sprouted after them. The thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Pharaoh awoke and it was a dream. In the morning his spirit was troubled. So he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my faults today. Once Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night he and I each having a dream with its own meaning. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When we told him he interpreted our dreams to us, giving an interpretation, to each according to his dream. As he interpreted to us, so it turned out. I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. Then Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was hurriedly brought out of the dungeon. When he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream, and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, It is not I that will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In my dream, I was standing on the banks of the Nile. And seven cows fat and sleek came up out of the Nile and fed in the reed grass. Then seven other cows came up after them, poor, very ugly and thin. Never had I seen such ugly ones in all the land of Egypt. The thin and ugly cows ate up the first seven fat cows. And the, but when they had eaten them, no one would have known that they had done so, for they were still as ugly as before. Then I awoke. I fell asleep a second time, and I saw in my dream seven years of grain full and good growing on one stalk, and seven years withered thin and blighted by the east wine sprouting after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven good ears. But when I told it to the magicians, there was no one who could explain it to me. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, Pharaoh's dreams are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years as are the seven empty ears blighted by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is as I told Pharaoh. God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. After them there will arise seven years of famine and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land. The plenty will no longer be known in the land because of the famine that will follow for it will be very grievous. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God and God will surely bring it about. Now therefore let Pharaoh select a man who is discerning and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plenteous years. Let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and lay up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let them keep it. That food shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to befall the land of Egypt so that the land may not perish through the famine. The proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find anyone else like this? One in whom is the Spirit of God. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has shown you all this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. 
Only with regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Removing his signet ring from his hand, Pharaoh put it on Joseph's hand. He arrayed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in the chariot of his second-in-command. And they cried out in front of him by the knee. Thus he set him over all the land of Egypt. Moreover, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. Without your consent, no one shall lift up hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh gave Joseph the name Zanapheth Paniah, and he gave him a Seneth daughter of Petipha, priest of On as his wife. Thus Joseph gained authority over the land of Egypt. He moved from there and dug another well, and they did not quarrel over it. So he called it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba. And that very night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you and make your offspring numerous for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there called on the name of the Lord and pitched his end there. And their Isaac's servants dug a well. Then Abimelech went to him from Jer with a wesh to his advisor and fickle the commander of his army. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me, seeing that you hate me and have sent me away from you? They said, We see plainly that the Lord has been with you. So we say, let there be an oath between you and us, and let us make a covenant with you, so that you will do us no harm, just as we have not touched you and have done to you nothing but good, and have sent you away in peace. You are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made them a feast, and they ate and drank. In the morning they rose early and exchanged oaths, and Isaac set them on their way, and they departed from him in peace. That same day Isaac's servants came and told him about the well that they had dug, and said to him, We have found water. He called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city is Beer Sheba to this day. When Esau was forty years old, he married Judith, daughter of Beeri the Hittite, and Basemeth, daughter of Alon the Hittite. And they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called his elder son Esau and said to him, My son. And he answered, Here I am. He said, See, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then take your weapons, your quiver, and your bow. Go out to the field and hunt game for me. Then prepare for me savory food such as I like and bring it to me to eat so that I may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her Son Jacob, I heard your father say to your brother Esau, Bring me game and prepare for me savory food too, that I may bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my word as I command you. Go to the flock and get me two choice kids so that I may prepare from them savory food for your father such as he likes. And you shall take it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to his mother, Rebekah, Look, my brother Esau is a hairy man and I am a man of smooth skin. Perhaps my father will feel me and I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse on myself and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my word and go get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother. And his mother prepared savory food such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of her elder son Esau which were with her in the house and put them on her younger son Jacob. And she put the skins of the kids on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Then she handed the savory food and the bread that she had prepared to her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said, 
said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game so that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Come near that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went up to his father, Isaac, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it to me that I made of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it to him and he ate. And he brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him. And he smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, Oh, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of his father, Isaac his brother Esau came in from his hunting. He also prepared savory food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father sit up and eat of his son's game so that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your firstborn son Esau. Then Isaac trembled violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me and I ate it all before you came and I have blessed him? Yes, and blessed he shall be. When Esau heard his father's words, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, me also, father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has supplanted me these two times. He took away my birthright. And look now, he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered, Esau, I have already made him your lord, and I have given him all his brothers as servants and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you only one blessing, father? Bless me, me also, father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then his father Isaac answered him, See away from the fatness of the earth shall your home be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you break loose, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of her elder son Esau were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called her younger son Jacob and said to him, Your brother Esau is consoling himself by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Flee out once to my brother Laban in Haran and stay with him a while until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger against you turns away and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you back from there. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women such as these one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? Then Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him, You shall not marry one of the Canaanite women. Go at once 
wants to pad an Aram to the house of Bethel, your mother's father, and take his wife from there, one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and numerous that you may become a company of peoples. May he give to you the blessing of Abraham to you and to your offspring with you so that you may take possession of the land where you now live as an alien land that God gave to Abraham. Thus Isaac sent Jacob away, and he went to pad an Aram to Laban, son of Bethel, the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah Jacob's and Esau's mother. Now Esau saw that Isaac had blessed Jacob and sent him away to Pad and Aram to take a wife from there and that as he blessed him he charged him you shall not marry one of the Canaanite women and that Jacob had obeyed his father and his mother and gone to Pad and Aram. So when Esau saw that the Canaanite women did not please his father Isaac, Esau went to Ishmael and took Mahalath daughter of Abraham's son Ishmael and sister of Nebioth to be his wife in addition to the wives he had. Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of the place he put it under his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed that there was a ladder set up on the earth the top of it reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And the Lord stood beside him and said, I am the Lord, the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your offspring. And your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth, and you shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And all the families of the earth shall be blessed in you and in your offspring. Know that I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised miss you. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and he took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up for a pillar and poured oil on the top of it. He called that place Bethel, but the name of the city was Luz at the first. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And the stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give one-tenth to you. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's camp. So he called that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers before him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom instructing them thus you shall say to my lord Esau thus says your servant Jacob I have lived with Laban as an alien in state until now and I have oxen donkeys flocks male and female slaves and I have sent to tell my lord in order that I may find favor in your sight. The messengers returned to Jacob saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he is coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and herds and camels into two companies. Thinking if Esau comes to the one company and destroys it, then the company that is left will escape. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, Return to your country, to your kindred, and I will do you good. I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness that you have shown to your servant, for with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become to companies. Deliver me, please, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I am afraid of him. He may come and kill us all the mothers with the children. Yet you have said, I will surely do you good and make your offspring as the sand of the sea which cannot be counted because of their number. So he spent that night there and from what he had with him he took a present for his brother Esau. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams. 
30 milch camels and their colts 40 calves and 10 bulls 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. These he delivered into the hand of his servants every drove by itself and said to his servants pass on ahead of me and put a space between drove and drove. He instructed the foremost when Esau my brother meets you and asks you to whom do you belong? Where are you going? And whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say they belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present sent to my lord Esau and moreover he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and the third and all who followed the droves you shall say the same thing to Esau when you meet him, and you shall say moreover your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me and afterwards I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. So the present passed on ahead of him, and he himself spent that night in the camp. The same night he got up and took his two wisest mates and his eleven children and crossed the fort of the Jabo. He took them and sent them across the stream and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed panel limping because of his hip. Therefore to this day the Israelites do not eat the thigh muscle that is on the hip socket because he struck Jacob on the hip socket at the thigh muscle. Now Jacob looked up and saw Asa coming and four hundred men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maids. He put the maids with their children in front and Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on ahead of them bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and children he said who are these with you? Jacob said the children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids drew near they and their children and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down. And finally Joseph and Rachel drew near and they bowed down. Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob answered, To find favor with my lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please. If I find favor with you, then accept my present from my hand. For truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Since you have received me with such favor, please accept my gift that is brought to you because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have everything I want. So he urged him and he took it. Then Esau said, Let us journey on our way and I will go alongside you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are frail and that the flocks and herds which are nursing are a care to me. And if they are overdriven for one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servant and I will let on slowly according to the pace of the cattle that are before me and according to the pace of the children until I come to my Lord in Seir. So Esau said, Let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, Why should my lord be so kind to me? So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built himself a house and made booths for his cattle. Therefore the place is called Succoth. Jacob came safely to the city of Shechem which is in the land of Canaan on his way from Pad and Aram. And he camped before the city. And from the sons of Hammer Shechem's father he bought for one hundred pieces of money the plot of land on which he had pitched his tent. There he erected an altar and called it El Eloi Israel. Now died 
Dinah, the daughter of Leah whom she had borne to Jacob, went out to visit the women of the region. When Shechem, son of Hammer, the Hivet prince of the region, saw her, he seized her and lay with her by force, and his soul was drawn to Dinah, daughter of Jacob. He loved the girl and spoke tenderly to her. So Shechem spoke to his father Hammer, saying, Get me this girl to be my wife. Now Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah, but his sons were with his cattle in the field, so Jacob held his peace until they came. And Hammer, the father of Shechem, went out to Jacob to speak with him. Just as the sons of Jacob came in from the field, when they heard of it, the men were indignant and very angry because he had committed an outrage in Israel by lying with Jacob's daughter, for such a thing ought not to be done. But Hammer spoke with them, saying, The heart of my son Shechem longs for your daughter. Please give her to him in marriage. Make marriages with us. Give your daughters to us and take our daughters for yourselves. You shall live with us, and the land shall be open to you. Live and trade in it and get property in it. Shechem also said to her father and to her brothers, Let me find favor with you and whatever you say to me I will give. Put the marriage present and gift as high as you like and I will give whatever you ask me. Only give me the girl to be my wife. The sons of Jacob answered Shechem and his father Hammer deceitfully because he had defiled their sister Dinah. They said to them, We cannot do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircus mates for that would be a disgrace to us. Only on this condition will we consent to you that you will become as we are and every male among you be circumcised. Then we will give our daughters to you and we will take your daughters for ourselves and we will live among you and become one people. But if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and be gone. Their words pleased Hammer and Hammer's son Shechem. And the young man did not delay to do the thing because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. Now he was the most honored of all his family. Then Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. As he looked, he saw a well in the field and three flocks of sheep lying there beside it. For out of that well the flocks were watered. The stone on the well's mouth was large, and when all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the mouth of the well and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place on the mouth of the well. Jacob said to them, My brothers, where do you come from? They said, We are from Haran. He said to them, Do you know Laban, son of Nahor? They said, We do. He said to them, Is it well with him? Yes, they replied, and here is his daughter Rachel coming with the sheep. He said, Look, it is still broad daylight. It is not time for the animals to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go pasture them. But they said, We cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and the stone is rolled from the mouth of the well. Then we water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she kept them. Now when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of his mother's brother Laban, and the sheep of his mother's brother Laban, Jacob went up and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of his mother's brother Laban. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and that that he was Rebekah's son, and she ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news about his sister's son Jacob, he ran to meet him. He embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. Jacob told Laban all these things, and Laban said to him, Surely you are my bone and my flesh, and he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were lovely and Rachel was graceful and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel. 
so he said I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter Rachel. Laban said it is better that I give her to you than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him but a few days because of the love he had for her. Then Jacob said to Laban give me my wife that I may go into her for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob and he went into her. A Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah to be her maid. When morning came it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Did I not serve with you for Rachel? Did have you deceived me? Laban said, This is not done in our country. Giving the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as a wife. A Laban gave his maid Bilhah to his daughter Rachel to be her maid. So Jacob went into Rachel also and he loved Rachel more than Leah. He served Laban for another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. Leah conceived and bore a son and she named him Reuben. For she said, Because the Lord has looked on my affliction, surely now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am hated he has given me this son also. And she named him Simeon. Again she conceived and bore a son and said now this time my husband will be joined to me because I have borne him three sons. Therefore he was named Levi. She conceived again and bore a son and said this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Then she ceased bearing. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. And she said to Jacob, Give me children or I shall die. Jacob became very angry with Rachel and said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? Then she said, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go into her that she may bear upon my knees and that I too may have children through her. So she gave him her maid Bilhah as a wife. And Jacob went into her, and Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore she named him Dan. Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. So she named him Nopothli. When Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children, she took her maid Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Then Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a son. And Leah said good fortune, so she named him Gad. Leah's maid Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, and Leah said happy am I for the women will call me happy, so she named him Asher. In the days of wheat harvest Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to Leah please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? Rachel said then he may lie with you tonight for your son mandrakes. When Jacob came from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come into me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night, and God heeded Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my hire because I gave my maid to my husband. So she named him Ishar. And Leah conceived again, and she bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good dowry.
Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zabalin. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel and God heeded her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. When Rachel had borne Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own home and country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go. For you you know very well the service I have given you. But Laban said to him, If you will allow me to say so, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Name your wages and I will give it. Jacob said to him, You yourself know how I have served you and how your cattle have fared with me. For you had little before I came and it has increased abundantly. And the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now when shall I provide for my own household also? He said, What shall I give you? Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this for me, I will again feed your flock and keep it. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb and the spotted and speckled among the goats. And such shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later when you come to look into my wages with you. Every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs if found with me shall be counted stolen. Laban said, Good, let it be as you have said. But that day Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted every one that had white on it and every lamb that was black and put them in charge of his sons. And he set a distance of three days journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob was pasturing the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plain and peeled white streaks in them exposing the white of the rods. He set the rods that he had peeled in front of the flocks in the troughs that is the watering places where the flocks came to drink. And since they bred when they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of the rods and so the flocks produced young that were striped speckled and spotted. Jacob separated the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the striped and the completely black animals in the flock of Laban. And he put his own droves apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob laid the rods in the troughs before the eyes of the flock that they might breed among the rods. But for the feebler of the flock he did not lay them there. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Thus the man grew exceedingly rich and had large flocks and male and female slaves and camels and donkeys. God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and settle there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your clothes. Then come let us go up to Bethel that I may make an altar there to the God who answered me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. So they gave to Jacob all the foreign gods that they had and the rings that were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak that was near Shechem. As they journeyed a terror from God fell upon the cities all around them so that no one pursued them. Jacob came to Luz that is Bethel which is in the land of Canaan he and all the people who were with him. And there he built an altar and called the place El Bethel because it was there that God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brother. And Deborah Rebekah's nurse died and she was buried under an oak below Bethel. So it was called Alan Bacheth. God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Paddan Aram and he blessed him. God said to him your name is Jacob. No longer shall you be called Jacob but Israel shall be your name. 
So he was called Israel. God said to him, I am God Almighty, be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall spring from you. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Then God went up from him at the place where he had spoken with him. Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he had spoken with him, a pillar of stone. And he poured out a drink offering on it and poured oil on it. So Jacob called the place where God had spoken with him Bethel. Then they journeyed from Bethel, and when they were still some distance from Erfot, Rachel was in childbirth, and she had hard labor. When she was in her hard labor, the midwife said to her, Do not be afraid, for now you will have another son. As her soul was departing, for she died, she named him Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Erfot, that is Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar at her grave. It is the pillar of Rachel's tomb which is there to this day. Israel journeyed on and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Eder. While Israel lived in that land, Reuben went and lay with Bill his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Eshar, and Zebulun. The sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin. The sons of Bill, Rachel's maid, Dan, and Nopothli. The sons of Zilpah, Leah's maid, Gad, and Asher. These were the sons of Jacob who were born to him in Paddan Aram. Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre or Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had resided as aliens. Now the days of Isaac were 180 years, and Isaac breathed his last. He died and was gathered to his people old and full of days, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. These are the descendants of Esau, that is Adam. Esau took his wives from the Canaanites at a daughter of Elon the Hittite, Oholima daughter of and a son of Sibian the Hivit, and Basemath Ishmael's daughter sister of Nebiah. Adam bore Eliphos to Esau, Basemath bore Rul, and Oholima bore Jushalim and Korah. These are the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Then Esau took his wives, his sons, his daughters, and all the members of his household, his cattle, all his livestock, and all the property he had acquired in the land of Canaan. And he moved to a land some distance from his brother Jacob, for their possessions were too great for them to lie together. The land where they were staying could not support them because of their livestock. So Esau settled in the hill country of Seir. Esau is Adam. These are the descendants of Esau, ancestor of the Adamites in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons, Eliphaz son of Adol, the wife of Esau. Rule the son of Esau's wife, Basemeth. The sons of Eliphaz were Teman, Omar, Sephogadim, and Kings. The Timnah was a concubine of Eliphaz, Esau's son. She bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These were the sons of Adol, Esau's wife. These were the sons of Rule, Nahath, Zerashamah, and Mizah. These were the sons of Esau's wife, Basemeth. These were the sons of Esau's wife, Olima, daughter of Anna, son of Zibi, and she bore to Esau, Jush, Jalim, and Korah. These are the clans of the sons of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn of Esau, the clans Teman, Omar, Sephokines, Korogadim, and Amalek. These are the clans of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. They are the sons of Addo. These are the sons of Esau's son, rule the clans Nahath, Zerashamah, and Mizah. These are the clans of rule in the land of Edom. They are the sons of Esau's wife, Basemeth. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Oholibam, of the clans Jush, Jalim, and Korah. These are the clans born of Esau's wife, Oholibam, the daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Esau, that is Edom, and these are their clans. These are the sons of Seir the Horite, the inhabitants of the land, Lod and Shobal, Zibi, and Anna. Dis and Azur and Dishin. 
These are the clans of the Horites, the sons of Seir in the land of Adam. The sons of Lodan were Hori and Heman, and Lodan's sister was Timnah. These are the sons of Shobal, Alvin, Manahath, Ebal, Shepo, and Olnam. These are the sons of Zibion, and Anna. He is the Anna who found the springs in the wilderness as he pastured the donkeys of his father Zibion. These are the children of Anna Disson and Oholibam, a daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Disson, Hemden, Eshvin, Ithran, and Charon. These are the sons of Ezer, Bil, and Zal and Achan. These are the sons of Dishan, Yuz, and Aaron. These are the clans of the Horites, the clans Lodin, Shobal, Zibi, and Anna. Dishan, Azur, and Dishan. These are the clans of the Horites, clan by clan, in the land of Seir. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the Israelites. Bela, son of Beer, reigned in Edom, the name of his city being Dinhaba. Bela died, and Jobab, son of Zerah of Barza, succeeded him as king. Jobab died, and Hashem of the land of the Temanites succeeded him as king. Hashem died, and Hadid, son of Bedid, who defeated Midian in the country of Moab, succeeded him as king, the name of his city being Avith. Hadid died, and Samla of Misrikas succeeded him as king. Samla died and Shal of Rehoboth on the Euphrates succeeded him as king. Shal died and Balhanan son of Akbar succeeded him as king. Balhanan son of Akbar died and Hadar succeeded him as king the name of his city being Pau. His wife's name was Mehedabal the daughter of Mater, daughter of Mizahab. These are the names of the clans of Esau according to their families and their localities by their names the clans Timaelva, Jethet, Oolibama, Elapinan, Kings Timon, Mizbar. Majali and Iram. These are the clans of Edom that is Esau the father of Edom according to their settlements in the land that they held. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien in the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years old was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children because he was the son of his old age and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Once Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Listen to this dream that I dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. Suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright. Then your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brothers said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Are you indeed to have dominion over us? So they hated him even more because of his dreams and his words. He had another dream and told it to his brothers saying, Look, I have had another dream. The sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What kind of dream is this that you have had? Shall we indeed come I and your mother and your brothers and bow to the ground before you? So his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I will send you to them. He answered, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields. 
The man asked him, what are you seeking? I am seeking my brothers. He said, tell me please where they are pasturing the flock. The man said they have gone away for I heard them say, let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from a distance and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Galid with their camels carrying gum bomb and resin on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers agreed. When some Midianite traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned, to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit he tore his clothes. He returned to his brothers and said the boy is gone and I where can I turn? Then they took Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. They had the long robe with sleeves taken to their father and they said this we have found. See now whether it is your son's robe or not. He recognized it and said it is my son's robe a wild animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters sought to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to shield to my son mourning. Thus his father bewailed him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Podhar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. It happened at that time that Judah went down from his brothers and settled near a certain Adolamite whose name was Hira. There Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. He married her and went into her. She conceived and bore a son, and he named him Ur. Again she conceived and bore a son whom she named Onan. Yet again she bore a son and she named him Shelah. She was in Chezeb when she bore him. Judah took a wife for her his firstborn. Her name was Tamar. But her Judah's firstborn was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, Go into your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her. Raise up offspring for your brother. But since Onan knew that the offspring would not be his, he spilled his semen on the ground whenever he went into his brother's wife so that he would not give offspring to his brother. What he did was displeasing in the sight of the Lord, and he put him to death also. Then Judah said to his daughter-in-law, Tamar, remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up, for he feared that he too would die like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in her father's house. In course of time, the wife of Judah, Shu's daughter, died. When Judah this time of mourning was over, he went up to Tim into his sheep shearies, he and his friend Hira the Adolamite. When Tamar was told, your father-in-law is going up to Tim and to shear his sheep, she put off her widow's garments, put on a veil, wrapped herself up, and sat down at the entrance to a name which is on the road to Timon. She saw that Shelah was grown up, yet she had not been given to him in marriage. When Judah saw her, he thought her to be a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He went over to her at the roadside and said, come, let me come into you, for he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, What will you give me that you may come into me? He answered, I will send you a kid from the flock. 
and she said only if you give me a pledge until you send it. He said what pledge shall I give you? She replied your signet and your cord and the staff that is in your hand. So he gave them to her and went into her and she conceived by him. Then she got up and went away and taking off her veil she put on the garments of her widowhood. When Judah sent the kid by his friend the Adolamite to recover the pledge from the woman he could not find her. He asked the townspeople where is the temple prostitute who was at a name by the wayside. But they said no prostitute has been here. So he returned to Judah and said, I have not found her. Moreover, the townspeople said, No prostitute has been here. Judah replied, Let her keep the things as her own, otherwise we will be laughed at. You see, I sent this kid and you could not find her. About three months later, Judah was told, Your daughter-in-law Tamar has played the whore. Moreover, she is pregnant as a result of whoredom. And Judah said, Bring her out and let her be burned. As she was being brought out, she sent word to her father-in-law, It was the owner of these who made me pregnant. And she said, Take note, please, whose these are the signet and the cord and the staff. Then Judah acknowledged them and said, She is more in the right than I since I did not give her to my son Shelah. And he did not lie with her again. When the time of her delivery came, there were twins in her womb. While she was in labor, one put out a hand, and the midwife took and bound on his hand a crimson thread, saying, This one came out first. But just then he drew back his hand, and out came his brother. And she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. Therefore he was named Perez. Afterward his brother came out with the crimson thread on his hand, and he was named Zerah. Joseph was thirty years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. During the seven plenteous years the earth produced abundantly. He gathered up all the food of the seven years when there was plenty in the land of Egypt and stored up food in the cities. He stored up in every city the food from the fields around it. So Joseph stored up grain in such abundance like the sand of the sea, that he stopped measuring it. It was beyond measure. Before the years of famine came, Joseph had two sons whom a seneth daughter of Petipher, a priest of on board to him. Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh for. He said, God has made me forget all my hardship in all my father's house. The second he named Ephraim for God has made me fruitful in the land of my misfortunes. The seven years of plenty that prevailed in the land of Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began to come just as Joseph had Sad. There was famine in every country, but throughout the land of Egypt there was bread. When all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. What he says to you, do. And since the famine had spread over all the land, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe in the land of Egypt. Moreover, all the world came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine became severe throughout the world. When Jacob learned it, that there was grain in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why do you keep looking at one another? I have heard. He said that there is grain in Egypt. Go down and buy grain for us there that we may live and not die. So ten of Joseph's brothers brothers went down to buy grain in Egypt. But Jacob did not send Joseph's brother Benjamin with his brothers, for he feared that harm might come to him. Thus the sons of Israel were among the other people who came to buy grain for the famine had reached the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land. It was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke harshly to them. 
Where do you come from? He said. They said from the land of Canaan to buy food. Although Joseph had recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Joseph also remembered the dreams that he had dreamed about them. He said to them, You are spies. You have come to see the Nactenses of the land. They said to him, No, my lord. Your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of one man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. But he said to them, No, you have come to see the Nactenses of the land. They said, We, your servants, are twelve brothers, the sons of a certain man in the land of Canaan. The youngest, however, is now with our father, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is just as I have said to you. You are spies. Here is how you shall be tested as Pharaoh lives you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Let one of you go and bring your brother while the rest of you remain in prison in order that your words may be tested whether there is truth in you. Or else as Pharaoh lives surely you are spies. And he put them all together in prison for three days. On the third day Joseph said to them do this and you will lie for I fear God. If you are honest men let one of your brothers stay here where you are imprisoned. The rest of you shall go and carry grain for the famine of your household and bring your youngest brother to me, thus your words will be verified and you shall not die. And they agreed to do so. They said to one another, Alas, we are paying the penalty for what we did to our brother. We saw his anguish when he pleaded with us, but we would not listen. That is why this anguish has come upon us. Then Reuben answered them, Did I not tell you not to wrong the boy? But you would not listen. So now there comes a reckoning for his blood. They did not know that Joseph understood them since he spoke with them through an interpreter. He turned away from them and wept. Then he returned and spoke to them. And he picked out Simeon and had him bound before their eyes. Joseph then gave orders to fill their bags with grain to return every man's money to his sack and to give them provisions for their journey. This was done for them. They loaded their donkeys with their grain and departed. When one of them opened his sack to give his donkey fodder at the lodging place, he saw his money at the top of the sack. He said to his brothers, My money has been put back. Here it is in my sack. At this they lost heart and turned trembling to one another, saying, What is this that God has done to us? When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them, saying, The man the Lord of the land spoke harshly to us and charged us with spying on the land. But we said to him, We are honest men, we are not spies. We are twelve brothers, sons of our father. One is no more, and the youngest is now with our father in the land of Canaan. Then the man the Lord of the land said to us, By this I shall know that you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me. Take grain for the famine of your households and go your way. Bring your youngest brother to me and I shall know that you are not spies but honest men. Then I will release your brother to you and you may trade in the land. As they were emptying their sacks there and each one's sack was his bag of money. When they and their father saw their bundles of money they were dismayed. And their father Jacob said to them, I am the one you have bereaved of children. Joseph is no more and Simeon is no more and now you would take Benjamin. All this has happened to me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may kill my two sons if I do not bring him back to you. Put him in my hands and I will bring him back to you. But he said, My son shall not go down with you for his brother is dead and he alone is left. 
If harm should come to him on the journey that you are to make, you would bring down my gray hairs with sorrow to shield. Now the famine was severe in the land, and when they had eaten up the grain that they had brought from Egypt, their father said to them, Go again, buy us a little more food. But Judah said to him, The man solemnly warned us, saying, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. If you will send our brother with us, we will go down and buy you food. But if you will not send him, we will not go down. For the man said to us, You shall not see my face unless your brother is with you. Israel said, Why did you treat me so badly as to tell the man that you had another brother? They replied, The man questioned us carefully about ourselves and our kindred, saying, Is your father still alive? Have you another brother? What we told him was an answer to these questions. Could we in any way know that he would say, Bring your brother down? Then Judah said to his father, Israel, send the boy me and let us be on our way so that we may live and not die, you and we and also our little ones. I myself will be surety for him. You can hold me accountable for him. If I do not bring him back to you and set him before you, then let me bear the blame forever. If we had not delayed, we would now have returned twice. Then their father Israel said to them, If it must be so, then do this. Take some of the choice fruits of the land in your bags and carry them down as a present to the man a little balm and a little honey gum resin pistachio nuts and almonds. Take double the money with you. Carry back with you the money that was returned in the top of your sacks. Perhaps it was an oversight. Take your brother also and be on your way again to the man. May God Almighty grant you mercy before the man so that he may send back your other brother and Benjamin. As for me, if I am bereaved of my children, I am bereaved. So the men took the present and they took double the money with them as well as Benjamin. Then they went on their way down to Egypt and stood before Joseph. When Joseph saw Benjamin with them, he said to the steward of his house, Bring the men into the house and slaughter an animal and make ready for the men are to dine with me at noon. The man did as Joseph said and brought the men to Joseph's house. Now the men were afraid because they were brought to Joseph's house and they said it is because of the money replaced in our sacks the first time that we have been brought in so that he may have an opportunity to fall upon us to make slaves of us and take our donkeys. So they went up to the steward of Joseph's house and spoke with him at the entrance to the house. They said, O oh my lord, we came down the first time to buy food. And when we came to the lodging place, we opened our sacks and there was each one's money in the top of his sack our money in full weight. So we have brought it back with us. Moreover, we have brought down with us additional money to buy food. We do not know who put our money in our sacks. He replied, Rest assured, do not be afraid. Your God and the God of your father must have put treasure in your sacks for you. I received your money. Then he brought Simeon out to them. When the steward had brought the men into Joseph's house and given them water and they had washed their feet and when he had given their donkeys fodder, they made the present ready for Joseph's coming at noon for they had heard that they would dine there. When Joseph came home, they brought him the present that they had carried into the house and bowed to the ground before him. He inquired about their welfare and said, Is your father well the old man of whom you spoke? Is he still alive? They said, Your servant our father is well. He is still alive. And they bowed their heads and did obeisance. Then he looked up and saw his brother Benjamin, his mother's son, and said, Is this your youngest brother of whom you spoke to me? God be gracious to you, my son. With that, Joseph hurried out because he was overcome with affection for his brother and he was about to weep. So he went into a private room and wept there. Then he washed his face and came out. And controlling himself, he said, Serve the meal. They served him by himself and them by themselves and the Egyptians who ate with him by themselves because the Egyptians could not eat with the Hebrews 
Hebrews 4 that is an abomination to the Egyptians when they were seated before him the firstborn according to his birthright and the youngest according to his youth the men looked at one another in amazement. Portions were taken to them from Joseph's table but Benjamin's portion was five times as much as any of theirs. So they drank and were merry with him. Then he commanded the steward of his house fill the men's sacks with food as much as they can carry and put each man's money in the top of his sack. Put my cup the silver cup in the top of the sack of the youngest with his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph told him. As soon as the morning was light the men were sent away with their donkeys. When they had gone only a short distance from the city Joseph said to his steward go follow after the men. And when you overtake them say to them why have you returned evil for good? Why have you stolen my silver cup? Is it not from this that my lord drinks? Does he not indeed use it for divination? You have done wrong in doing this. When he overtook them, he repeated these words to them. They said to him, Why does my lord speak such words as these? For be it from your servants that they should do such a thing. Look the money that we found at the top of our sacks we brought back to you from the land of Canaan. Why then would we steal silver or gold from your lord's house? Should it be found with any one of your servants, let him die. Moreover, the rest of us will become my lord's slaves. He said even so, in accordance with your words, let it be he with whom it is found shall become my slave, but the rest of you shall go free. Then each one quickly lowered his sack to the ground, and each opened his sack. He searched beginning with the eldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. At this they tore their clothes. Then each one loaded his donkey and they returned to the city. Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house while he was still there and they fell to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, What deed is this that you have done? Do you not know that one such as I can practice divination? And Judah said, What can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? How can we clear ourselves? God has found out the guilt of your servants. Here we are then, my Lord, slaves both we and also the one in whose possession the cup has been found. But he said, For be it from me that I should do so, only the one in whose possession the cup was found shall be my slave. But as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah stepped up to him and said, O my Lord, let your servant please speak a word in my Lord's ears and do not be angry with your servant. For you are like Pharaoh himself. My Lord asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my Lord, We have a father, an old man, and a young brother, the child of his old age. His brother is dead. He alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. Then you said to your servants, Bring him down to me so that I may set my eyes on him. We said to my Lord, The boy cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. Then you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, shall see my face no more. When we went back to your servant my father, we told him the words of my Lord. And when our father said, Go again, buy us a little food, we said, We cannot go down. Only if our youngest brother goes with us will we go down. For we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Then your servant my father said to us, You know that my wife bore me two sons. One left me and I said, Surely he has been torn to pieces. And I have never seen him since. If you take this one also from me and harm comes to him, you will bring down my gray hairs and sorrow to shield. Now therefore when I come to your servant my father and the boy is not with us, then as his life is bound up in the boy's life, when he sees that the boy is not with us, he will die. And your servant 
servants will bring down the gray hairs of your servant our father with sorrow to Sheol. For your servant became surety for the boy to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I will bear the blame in the sight of my father all my life. Now therefore, please let your servant remain as a slave to my lord in place of the boy, and let the boy go back with his brothers. For how can I go back to my father if the boy is not with me? I fear to see the suffering that would come upon my father. So Joseph went and told Pharaoh my father and my brothers with their flocks and herds and all that they possess have come from the land of Canaan. They are now in the land of Goshen. From among his brothers he took five men and presented them to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? And they said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds as our ancestors were. They said to Pharaoh, We have come to reside as aliens in the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks because the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now we ask you, let your servants settle in the land of Goshen. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Settle your father and your brothers in the best part of the land. Let them live in the land of Goshen. And if you know that there are capable men among them, put them in charge of my livestock. Then Joseph brought in his father Jacob and presented him before Pharaoh and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, how many are the years of your life? Jacob said to Pharaoh, the years of my earthly sojourn are 130. Fee and hard have been the years of my life. They do not compare with the years of the life of my ancestors during their long sojourn. Then Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Joseph settled his father and his brothers and granted them a holding in the land of Egypt in the best part of the land in the land of Ramesses as Pharaoh had instructed. And Joseph provided his father, his brothers, and all his father's household with food according to the number of their dependents. Now there was no food in all the land for the famine was very severe. The land of Egypt and the land of Canaan languished because of the famine. Joseph collected all the money to be found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan in exchange for the grain that they bought. And Joseph brought the money into Pharaoh's house. When the money from the land of Egypt and from the land of Canaan was spent, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us food. Why should we die before your eyes? For our money is gone. And Joseph answered, Give me your livestock and I will give you food in exchange for your livestock if your money is gone. On. So they brought their livestock to Joseph, and Joseph gave them food in exchange for the horses, the flocks, the herds, and the donkeys. The year he supplied them with food in exchange for all their livestock. When that year was ended, they came to him the following year and said to him, We cannot hide from my lord that our money is all spent, and the herds of cattle are my lord's. There is nothing left in the sight of my lord but our bodies and our lands. Shall we die before your eyes both we and our land? By us and our land in exchange for food, we with our land will become slaves to Pharaoh. Just give us seed so that we may live and not die and that the land may not become desolate. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. All the Egyptians sold their fields because the famine was severe upon them and the land became Pharaoh's. As for the people, he made slaves of them from one end of Egypt to the other. Only the land of the priests he did not buy, for the priests had a fixed allowance from Pharaoh and lived on the allowance that Pharaoh gave them. Therefore they did not sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Now that I have this day bought you and your land for Pharaoh, here is seed for you. Sell the land, and at the harvest you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh, and four-fifths shall be your own as seed for the field, and as food for yourselves and your households, and as food for your 
little ones. They said, You have saved our lives. May it please my lord, we will be slaves to Pharaoh. So Joseph made it a statute concerning the land of Egypt, and it stands to this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth. The land of the priests alone did not become Pharaoh's. Thus Israel settled in the land of Egypt in the region of Goshen, and they gained possessions in it and were fruitful and multiplied exceedingly. Jacob lived in the land of Egypt seventeen years. So the days of Jacob, the years of his life, were 147 years. When the time of Israel's death drew near, he called his son Joseph and said to him, If I have found favor with you, put your hand under my thigh and promise to deal loyally and truly with me. Do not bury me in Egypt. When I lie down with my ancestors, carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. He answered, I will do as you have said. And he said, Swear to me. And he swore to him. Then Israel bowed himself on the head of his bed. After this, Joseph was told your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons Manasseh and Ephraim. When Jacob was told your son Joseph has come to you, he summoned his strength and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and he blessed me, and said to me, I am going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will make of you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for a perpetual holding. Therefore your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to you in Egypt are now mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine just as Reuben and Simeon are. As for the offspring born to you after them, they shall be yours. They shall be recorded under the names of their brothers with regard to their inheritance. For when I came from Paddan, Rachel alas died in the land of Canaan on the way while there was still some distance to go to Erfot, and I buried her there on the way to Erfot, that is Bethlehem. When Israel saw Joseph's sons, he said, Who are these? Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me here. And he said, Bring them to me, please that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim with age, and he could not see well. So Joseph brought them near him, and he kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I did not expect to see your face, and here God has let me see your children also. Then Joseph removed them from his father's knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right, and brought them near him. But Israel stretched out his right hand, and laid it on the head of Ephraim who was the younger and his left hand on the head of Manasseh crossing his hands for Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph and said the God before whom my ancestors Abraham and Isaac walked the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. The angel who has redeemed me from all harm bless the boys and in them let my name be perpetuated and the name of my ancestors Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude on the earth. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on the head of Ephraim, it displeased him. So he took his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, Not so my father, since this one is the firstborn, put your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know my son, I know. He also shall become a people and he also shall be great. Nevertheless his younger brother shall be greater than he and his offspring shall become a multitude of nations. So he blessed them that day, saying, By you Israel will invoke blessings, saying, God make you like Ephraim and like Manasseh. So he put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Then Israel said to Joseph, I am about to die, but God will be with you and will bring you again to the land of your ancestors. I now give to you one portion more than to your brothers the portion that I took from the hand of the Amrits with my sword and with my bow. 